you're listening to the Lifted Life Podcast. We created this show to help you live Lifted Life. Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 152 of the Lifted Life, and today we are talking about wanting what you want. Maybe it's a mini permission slip. Maybe it's a recap on the importance of allowing yourself to want what you want. And perhaps most importantly of all, a reminder that if you don't know what you want, nobody else does either. (laughs) I don't think it's a bad thing to not know what you want. But I do think it gets a little sloppy in life when we don't know what we want and we use that as an excuse to keep drifting through life. I think it's not a bad thing to not know what you what you want. But the question is, do you want to know what you want? Are you committed to figuring out what you want? Because that's enough. If you want to know what you want, you can focus on that and you will find the next step. Yep. I agree. I think though that a lot of times we fall into this pattern of drifting. Yeah. And as I continue to slowly, but not for a while recently, but kind of sort of work on, uh, a book that I would love to create and put out in the world. I realized that drifting was a big part of what I wanted to talk about, but not drifting, but not drifting to try not to drift, to stop the drift. And I think that the reason I'm so passionate about this idea of stopping the drift is because it, it's so easy to drift. Okay. Wait a minute. So you're saying you're opposing the drift. Is that what you're saying? I don't prefer to put it quite that way. I am helping because I would think you would say the other. That's why I was a little surprised. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying, do not drift through your life. Okay. I first learned about this idea of drifting from Michael Hyatt, who was saying that he went scuba diving with his wife, I think, and they didn't even realize how far from the shore they mm. were, but they came up from the water and they couldn't even see it. They had drifted so far. And mm-hmm. how that was the perfect metaphor for life. You look back and you're like, I'm 87. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? I didn't even follow my dreams. I didn't even go after what I wanted. I didn't even create a life I'm proud of. I have so many regrets. Time just passed me by. And so the idea, I still haven't figured out the language behind it because yeah. I don't like the idea of like having so many negatives in my book, stop the drift or yeah. banish the drift or anything like that, but somehow bringing attention to the drift, which is this autopilot mode that we go on when we allow the world to tell us what we want and yet remain resentful, frustrated, and spiteful even that we haven't created what we want. I'm following you now because when you talk about um, you get to want what you want, I think sometimes I personally feel like some of the things I want don't seem to be in alignment with what I ultimately want. A concrete example that is recently I took on some programming projects that I felt like were not in alignment with lifted. Like they had nothing to do with lifted Mm -hmm. and, but I felt this desire, this want to do it, but I felt like I shouldn't want that because that is not going to help lifted in any way. And I, and I really want lifted to um, propel and do better. But this want was something tangential or non-tangential to lifted later after doing it i found out that really re-energized me Mm -hmm. and it helped me to want to work even more on lifted because of i got that out of the way or that desire put me in a in a different mindset for lifted but i could see someone calling that the drift but you're not calling that the drift at all all. 
because I was conscious of I'm doing what I want. Yes. If you're unconscious or unaware of what you're doing, that's the drift. I think anytime you're creating something, Mm -hmm. you are an active participant in your life. Yeah. It's only when you consume endlessly. Consuming some is okay. It's healthy. That's how we nourish ourselves with consumption of nutrients and food and stuff. I think it's semantics, but I've heard it argued you're always creating. Like you cannot create, not not create. That's a double negative. I mean, we're always creating, but I think what you're saying is the mindless creation without any intent, any focus on what you're doing. You're just kind of going along with the, with the flow. It's yeah. not going with the flow. I it's, think, yeah. I think going with the flow is creating. That's why I, I kind of so, struggled to say that because oh, that's wrong. That's not right. So I'm, I like how you bring oh. up the passion project, mm-hmm. the side project, because, uh, it's like a form of cross training. Mm-hmm. I like looking at my various creative endeavors as cross training. Uh, we were recently with some family and your sister was talking about how she was kind of burnt out with her job and she was, she needs a passion project and she was thinking about getting a sewing machine cause she's been thrifting mm-hmm. and she wants to alter the clothes a bit. She feels like that would be really invigorating. Plus you get to wear it. It's mm-hmm. very fun. And it kind of reminded me of this thing. I think couples go through or maybe even best friends or I don't know who else, but it's like, we can't expect to get everything from one thing. We can't expect to get our soul fulfillment from our partner, our spouse, from our children. We can't expect to get our entire soul's longing from one job, one partner, one house, one anything. Mm -hmm. So it is like an analogy of a passion project rather than just putting all of my energy and attention into my job because it's draining to give everything to one thing. And instead, um, allowing yourself to be an explorer. Now, I do understand that my very creative neuroatypical brain friends out there are like, yeah, but I do that and I splatter. Yeah. So there is a beautiful balance between trying everything and having a yard with dug up holes and no finished product or projects uh, versus allowing yourself the beautiful journey of exploring things that interest you. I think only you can know. And often I think we do know if we're walking that line or if we're teetering on being splattering rather than expanding and and learning and growing. It reminds me of last night I went to walk with our son and he and I were, we always talk about either crypto or gaming, one or the other. And they're very similar and very similar. Um, We didn't know that though. What? That they were so similar. Yeah. Until you tried, I'm going to teach him about finance and crypto. Uh-huh. And then everything you presented to him, I hope I'm not ruining your story. Was that what you were going to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of parallels. Oh my I goodness. Mean, I mean, Minecraft is, it's, I don't know, but it feels like the creators kind of took, um, finance, the stock market and things like that. And they built a game parallel to them, which makes a lot of sense. It's really, if they did that, that's really smart. <laughs> but he, I was explaining to him the concept of, Contra, the up, up, down, down, A, B, A, B, select, start, and you get infinite lives. I have no idea what you're talking about or what you just said. When I was Nobody a kid. Nobody does either. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> there's shirts made from this. When I was a kid, I had a Nintendo okay. and yeah, Contra. Take it real slow. Back it up. Contra was a very popular game. Contra is a game. Is a game for Nintendo back in the 80s. I played Nintendo and this must no, have been. No, this is before the Super Nintendo. This is the original. I played Nintendo, Nintendo too. Tetris. Okay. Well, you should have had Contra. If no, you didn't have didn't. Contra, you were Mm-mm. you lost out as a child. <laughs> anyway, it was a well-known amongst the groups that when you start the game of Contra, you, you can do 
up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. And then what happened? You get infinite lives. Oh my gosh. And I, I was <laughs> telling him this, uh, and you could beat the game so easy because you couldn't really die. Yeah. And hit. But he, was that really fun? He said to me, <laughs> yeah, but, but dad, you know, that's, that's easy. And, and you don't, you don't build, you don't, you don't gain any experience from that. That, I mean you shouldn't be proud of beating a game when you, when you cheated. You cheated. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, good point. And then he's like, you know, like in my game, like if I could get to the end and beat it in one day, what's the fun in that? He's like, you build over time and you build your skill set and you get good at the end. Yeah. And I said that my son, you're, you're learning. That's a lot like last week's episode yeah. embracing uncertainty. We think we want to know exactly what's going to happen yeah. and how it's going to unfold. That's what feels safe to our, brain that is looking for mm-hmm. safety and reassurance but really we came for a ride on the river yep and that's what he was saying is like i wouldn't even if i could get to the end i'm not prepared i'm not ready for the end i need to work my way up so when i get to the end i'm ready mm. and that's what you know we're talking about this like, that kind of made me think um maybe the reason you want something different is to prepare you for what you truly truly want and you're just not ready well i think it's about becoming yeah uh, I'm currently not only working on the book, uh, a nonfiction book, which is really hard. I don't even know why I'm doing it because it's so hard. And then I also have because a Because you of, do hard things. That's why. Yeah, but it's all so frustrating and it takes so much focus. And then on the other hand, I have another book I'm working on, which is a second book of poems. I created a book of poems called This Is Real Life, Love Notes to Wake You Up. And those flowed out of me and they it was fun. It was energizing. It was like a... A hundred meter dash. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was like a fifty meter dash. A little background. <laughs> I used to run track in high school. It was my favorite sport. I loved to run. She went to state. She had some school records with with a relay. It was really exciting. And disc. I did throw the discus too. Yeah, you had which record was, and disc. Okay, stop. Yeah. Okay, so what um, what I loved about the track adventure was that it was this sprint very fast done boom fast as you could go done shortest race available for a track racer like myself was the 100 meter dash uh, one time my coach did jokingly say if there was a 50 meter dash that would be perfect for you because you do get a little tired at the end and to get tired at the end of the 100 meter dash is kind of funny but i already had hips so here we are there we were come on how did coach o really say it delaney delaney if there was a 50, that'd probably be better for you. <laughs> Something like that. Um, okay. Why am I telling that story, Tim? Because mm-hmm. it's funny? No. Oh. Talking about running a race. Oh, I Oh, did. you were doing something. Oh, the book was like a uh, short oh, race. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yes. Writing these poems is like a 50-meter dash. Not even the 100. It's my ideal 50-meter dash. Immediate gratification. It's like you, the spirit moves you. You write it down. Yep. You look at it, and you're like, whoo. Excuse me. Sorry that was so loud, but that is what it feels like to my spirit. It's this product. There was nothing, and now there's a poem, and it came from me, a joint effort with spirit, and it is lovely, and I love it. That is not what the nonfiction book experience is like, and yet I keep feeling pulled to do it, and that is be making me become that is evolving me and I'm expanding and whether or not I get to the finish line working on that project expands me and so does the jewelry design that I've been playing with which the long backstory is that I did 
uh, fashion jewelry. It was one of my very first businesses way before lifted. And now I'm allowing myself the pleasure of learning design and fine jewelry manufacturing as a passion project, having no idea what exactly is going to come of it. Both of those things feel like cross training. They feed my soul. They help me to feel more alive. And I bring more to the table with lifted when I embrace them. But wanting what you want means no, it means being okay with not seeing the full picture. Mm. I don't have the full picture for the book or the jewelry, but I allow myself to want what I want. And I do think that there's something that kind of comes up like, well, let's say I want an $80,000 motorcycle. Yeah. But I don't have $80,000 and I do have two kids that like to eat. The short answer, are you asking me? Yeah. What would we do then, Tim? Well, the short answer is, um, you don't really want the motorcycle. You want the feeling of what you think that motorcycle is. You want the feeling of going fast or living life on the edge or whatever. I don't know what that brings up for you, but that's what you really want. And the fact that you want that motorcycle, I, I personally think you shouldn't um, feel bad about it. I think you should every day think about being on that motorcycle and how much you enjoy it because that's what you really want. Now, will you you focusing on that, will that actually bring you the motorcycle? Maybe. Well, I think. Or will it bring something else that's on the way to the motorcycle? There's a really tricky thing that happens there when we think about wanting the motorcycle. What we actually do is think about how we don't have the motorcycle. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it's it's so tricky, though. It's every subject yeah. is two subjects, mm -hmm. the having and the not having of it. So if you allow yourself to want what you want with wild abandon and say, it's okay to want this, it's, it's wonderful to want this. So that was a question I had for you is you laid out three things that you want and that, you know, they're desires that you're fulfilling. Yeah. I laid out before I have a tendency to say, you shouldn't want that. To yourself, not yeah, to, to myself. <laughs> yeah. I would never tell someone else that, but the, the internal Tim or the internal Timmy, however you want to call him is saying, you shouldn't want that. You should be focusing on this but I really want that. Or I really like the way it, that feels or like, I really like thinking about that. I don't ever hear you say that. So you laid out the three things and you took some action on them. And I continue to take action. And continue to take action on them, but you can see that there's an overarching bigger thing that's moving you towards. Is that right? Yeah, I feel like it's about trusting the nudge, trusting the intuition. Yeah. Inspired I, action. I feel like women are inherently very good at that. Yeah. As creators, that get to grow the human life yeah. form. I've always felt that way. I feel like human or nat women are natural creators. They actually create, bring, bring to life an actual human and they naturally can create, in my opinion, yeah, better think, than And it's not males. just about the creation though. It's that intuitive nudge or the knowing that we also have. I feel like when you trust the nudge, you can create amazing things. And when you want something, Instead of bringing so many doubts or questions to the table, allowing yourself to want it fully is a very beautiful thing because then you can, like you said, allow yourself to feel the feeling of having it. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe, like you said, it's not even ever about the motorcycle. Yeah. Maybe you end up riding a dirt bike at a cool track on the weekends and it's and not about owning the $80,000 bike. It's about experiencing the wind on your face. Mm -hmm. It's about feeling alive. Mm -hmm. It's about feeling connected to what lights you up. And maybe that leads you to your soulmate and you go off in some other tangent that you never would have imagined, but the motorcycle was the thing that got you to that point. So what happens when you allow yourself to want what you want? Amazing things happen. Mm -hmm. I think it's about following that nudge. Your desires are not random. 
I think if you allow yourself to be pulled towards what you want, the next right thing for you appears and the next right thing, which is the very opposite of drifting, floating away, away from what matters to you, away from what you really want. I think we numb out with a lot of things, technology, shows, movies, scrolling, internet, substances, food, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, drugs. We, mm-hmm. we numb out, we float away. And that is the very opposite of being aware of what you want and allowing yourself to want it and feeling that feeling ahead of time and taking one small step. I think so often we get overwhelmed by what it would look like. An $80,000 bike, which is just a random example. It would take me so long to get there. A whole business that will help me to be able to make money while I sleep so I don't have to work until I die, that would take so long to get there. Mm -hmm. We get overwhelmed by the vastness of the product that we want or the project that we want to embrace that we don't take any action towards it, and then we drift. Mm -hmm. I think that is what drifting is, is when we aren't intentional about what we're doing with our time, moving towards a goal, knowing that it's not about reaching the destination, but about who we become and how we expand on our way to those different uh, destinations. You know, the super cliche thing. It's about the journey. Yeah. It's so cliche, but it's so true. It's so That's true. why it's a cliche, I suppose. Yeah, it's but about become, it's who you become on that journey. Yeah, I mean, like small things, like you were talking about starting a business. Um, maybe it's just coming up with a name, which to me sounds horrible. Like that was, that's not something that I would want to come up with, like a name or a graphic or an image. I love coming up with names. That's why we're business partners. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's, maybe that's the component that lights you up. Like, oh, yeah, I love coming up with names. Yeah. Maybe just do that. Maybe that's the only thing you do today is come up with the name of your business. Mm. And that'll get you moving in that direction. Right. And before you know it, you're picking out color schemes and whatever. Or hiring someone to make a website or make your own website. Yeah. One small step. Mm-hmm. I think that is the idea of of manifesting or creating is following that inspired action, taking that one small step towards what you want. Cause I, I don't believe it's an accident or a randomness that you have that desire. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's a, a nudge that's from whoever the universe, your future self, God, God, whoever you, whatever you want to pick, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, it's just a name or a signpost, but there's a reason why you have that nudge and it, it's leading you in the direction that you want to go of becoming yeah of what you truly want of what you're really here to do and create Mm -hmm. all right this week's episode has been brought to you by our mood probiotics and redoxy a lot of people ask if they can combine the two and the answer is yes it is a wonderful combination for immune support uh you can combine the 300 milligram redoxy or 1000 milligram redoxy with your probiotic of choice and you can take those at the same time space them out now redoxy does say on the bottle to take one to ten times a day and that is because vitamin c only stays in your body about four hours so to fully protect your body on a cellular level we do recommend taking a few doses of that throughout the day you can find those products and more over at our website we're also available on amazon.com and walmart.com anything else about wanting what you want before we let these folks get back to their life we appreciate you spending your your time with us this morning or afternoon or evening or night. We almost forgot the sponsor too. We wouldn't have got paid. We wouldn't have gotten paid. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess the only advice I would have is don't, um, don't downplay that desire. Cause I, I often would 
just think it's just this random thought that came through my head and it's a silly thing that could never be. And I think that's, that's not a, a useful way to, to use that um, energy. I think there's a reason why you want what you want and it's okay I as long as you're not harming somebody. I agree. Another great kind of insight from that is that if you, well, I get good ideas when I do uh, vacuuming, for instance, mm-hmm. I was vacuuming and I got an idea and it came to me, but without that break from input, whether it was this, like there was no podcast, there was no music, there was no TV in the background. It was just me with my thoughts Yep. and I was open. So I think staying open to those nudges, I don't know what I want. Then are you creating an opening? Yeah, what you said is very, very simple, but actually harder than you think. Try it. Yeah. Try to do something with no stimuli Yeah. and be just with yourself. Try yeah. it. For me, it's easier when I am mm-hmm. folding laundry or vacuuming or a little something to keep my hands busy mm-hmm. my hands are busy and then there's this but even that there's a temptation to turn a podcast on you know right. i know we're on a podcast now but or turn music on or whatever try it without yeah if just if, once and then turn our podcast on. <laughs> right if you're looking for uh, more clarity on what you want or what i'm not getting any nudges sylvia you might get some but i'm not getting any oh they're there they're there you yep. just have to stay open mm-hmm. and create and create the opening, leave the opening. And then what you want, I feel like will begin to pour in, but you got to leave the opening. You got to leave the opening. Got to open the door. Open the door. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>